Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> um, have I said Happy New Year? I feel like I've said it a lot. I don't know if I've announced it from the front. Happy New Year. Are you excited? What fantastic stories of what God has been doing this year through people in this church. My goodness. Socks, ventriloquism, all of it. It's just mind-blowing, isn't it? I think there's nothing more thrilling than being used by God. And I love the fact, I feel like I'm in a, in a privileged position in my job in that I get to hear these sorts of stories throughout the whole year. I get to hear and experience what God is doing in this church. And I'm so thrilled to belong to this church where we're seeking to reach people with the life-transforming love of Christ. That's our, our catchphrase, our vision statement, whatever it's called. Not catchphrase. Um, <laughs> But it's brilliant, and I'm really, I'm really looking forward to the ninth when we get to hear some more of these stories from the ministries and to see the way in which God has worked in, 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 in the various different things that this church does. And I think it's completely and utterly thrilling. And um, this morning, I just want to—it's going to be a short sermon. Don't panic. I know we've heard a lot. I know you're probably zoning out now, but I'm just going to talk for a few minutes. Um, and I want us to kind of look forward, and I want us to think, and I want us to ask the question. Is God going to use me in 2017? Am I going to have a story at the end of the year of a work that God has done in my life? That's what I want us just to think about just for a few minutes at the end of the service today. But I just want to share with you just a couple, just a couple of lessons um, from uh, the life of Moses. And not even really the life of Moses, because like I said, it's just a few minutes long. But just, just a, one conversation that Moses had um, with God. Is that okay? Can we survive for a little bit longer? Um, so if, if you're perhaps unfamiliar with the story, Moses was an Israelite. He was born into the nation of Israel, um, but, but he was raised by Egyptians. Um, and then when he was a little bit older, he, he took the rather drastic step of, of murdering an Egyptian um, because he'd seen that Egyptian beating up a fellow Israelite. And then he was chased out of Egypt, and he ended up in this place called Midian. And it was kind of a, it was a desert place. It was a desolate place. And Moses stayed there for a long time. According to the book of Acts, he was there for around 40 years or so. And while he was there, he described himself as a foreigner in a foreign land. And it was in this place that, that God chose to speak to him. If you've got your Bibles, um, we're in Exodus, uh, which is the second book along. So you haven't got to flick far. Uh, and I'm going to read to you from chapter 3, starting at verse... Nine. And this is God speaking to Moses. And this is what he says, verse 9, chapter 3, Exodus. The cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them, so now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, uh, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. So Moses, has been, he's been standing still for a long time. He's been tending to his father-in-law's flock in Midian, uh, but not doing a great deal else, just kind of getting on with life. And then God breaks in and he says to him, Go. Stop standing still. 
and go. He tells him to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. He doesn't tell him exactly what that's going to look like. He just says, go. And actually, you know, it's the same instruction that Jesus gave to his disciples as he returned to heaven. 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 He said, therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all nations. So the first little lesson I want us to take a hold of this morning is that God doesn't want us to stand still. God wants us to be moving. He wants us to be willing to move. If we want to be used by God in this coming year, then for some of us, we might need to step outside of a comfort zone. We might need to try something new. And maybe this morning you were someone who, with 2016, kind of observed things from afar. Maybe you saw the things that God was doing in other people's lives, but you chose perhaps not to get involved or or remain in a place that was comfortable and unchallenged. So maybe 2017 is the time where you get to go, where you get to be involved. Now Moses' response was less than enthusiastic. He said, who am I? Or what, me? Why on earth would you want to use me? And Moses, you know, I think he had low self-esteem. I think he had a few issues here. I think he'd become used to rejection. You know, his adoptive grandfather had tried to kill him. um, And even his own people had turned away uh, from him when he tried to help. They said, who made you ruler over us? And aside from that, you know, he was not really a good candidate to be used by God. He was a murderer, for one thing. He now lived off his father-in-law in a foreign land. He was hardly the perfect guy that God would use. And interestingly, God doesn't really, doesn't really disagree with Moses. He doesn't say, come on, chin up. You know who you are? You're Moses. You can do it. He doesn't say any of that. He just says, I will be with you. Because you see, God doesn't just tell us to go, but he also promises to be with us on the journey. And Jesus said the same thing. Matthew 28. Therefore go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you until the very end of the age. Now this morning it might be the case that you are thinking God couldn't possibly want to use you just as Moses did. But God does. And not because of your achievements or your status or your education or your, or your wealth, but because he loves you. You know, when Jesus chose the disciples, he didn't choose great men or religious uh, rulers or, or charismatic leaders. He chose ordinary folk. And then he journeyed with them and then he used them to change the world. And what it comes down to, I think, for us this morning is an issue of trust. Do we trust God when he says, I will be with you? Because he's already promised to be with us on the journey to prepare the way and give us everything that we need to accomplish the task. So the second little lesson is that God, we need to trust that God will be with us. I'm just going to skip ahead a little bit because it's quite a long conversation that Moses has with God in this chapter. I'm going to skip ahead to chapter 4. I just want to read you a little bit more of Moses' response. He says to God, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? And then the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? 
A staff, he replied, and the Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. And then the Lord said, reach out your hand, take it by the tail. So Moses reached down, took a hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe in the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. See, Moses is still fearful of rejection, this time not from God, but from other people. What if they don't listen to me? What if they reject me? What if it all goes wrong for me? I wonder how many times for us this morning we don't attempt things for God for fear that we will be rejected or that it will blow up in our faces. I wonder how often our insecurities prevent us from stepping out in faith. And then God asks Moses, what is in your hand? <coughs> Moses replies, a staff. It's a tool that he uses for looking after his father-in-law's sheep. And God uses that to demonstrate his power. Now, I should point out at this point, because I, I just skipped over it at the start, but God isn't talking to Moses face to face. He's talking to him out of a bush um, that's on fire. And it, it's not burning up. It's just there on fire talking to him. Um, which isn't the sort of thing you see every day. I once saw a motorbike on fire outside my house, but it never said anything to me. Um, my point is that Moses didn't really need a further demonstration of God's power. He didn't need that. He knew that it was God he was speaking to. What he needed to know was that God could use what he had in powerful ways. God shows Moses that he could use the things that were already a part of his life for his purposes. Think again about the disciples for a moment. One of the first things Jesus said to them is, Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I will send you out to fish for people. Essentially, oh great, you're fishermen. Brilliant. Let me use that for my purposes. Yeah? And there is nothing in our life that God cannot use for his purposes if we allow him to do so. It doesn't matter if we've got a little or a lot. Moses had a stick and God used that. Judith had some socks and God used those. Brian can do a weird thing with his mouth and God uses that. Sorry, Brian. I think as we consider the ways that God might want to use us in the coming year, a brilliant first step is to ask, what's in my hand? What do I currently have? What do I currently do that God might want to use for his purposes? Is there an opportunity where you work? Is there an opportunity in the church that you could get involved with something? Is there something that you do, a hobby that you have, a thing that God could use and develop for his purposes? Just like the, 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 the night shelter thing that we were talking about. What's in our hand? What can we do? So that's the lesson number three. What's in our hand? I'm going to do one more. And then I'll finish. I promise. Moses makes another excuse. Verse 10. This is what he says. Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go! And I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. Moses is hesitant because he doesn't feel that he has the right skill set, the right tools for the job. I can never free your people because I is no good at speaking, Lord, is what he says. 
But God says, I will, I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. Essentially, if you go, if you step out in faith, if you start something, then I will teach you on the way. I will help you on the journey. You know, the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, also was rubbish at speaking by his own admission. He says he's an untrained speaker, but despite that, God uses him to communicate the gospel to millions through the written word. When I was um, 16, I felt God calling me into ministry. And uh, my, my, my first thought was that I needed to go get myself to Bible college and learn the skills that I would need to fulfill that calling. But it didn't happen that way. Instead, God plonked me straight into ministry. It's a theological word, plonked. Um, <laughs> And he ended up teaching me far more through my experiences in ministry than I ever would have learned by going to Bible college. Just because you don't feel you have the required skills to do something shouldn't prevent you from going for it. Because either God will use you in ways you don't expect or he will teach you the things that you need to know. That's really important. Mini lesson number four. We should expect God to teach us as we go. Now, you'd have imagined with all of that reassurance and all of that, um, those words from God that it would have been enough for Moses. But unfortunately, he, he still ends up saying in verse 13, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. <laughs> I mean, at least he was polite about it. And if you, know, if you know the story, if you know your Old Testament, he eventually does go and God, God sends his brother to sort of help him um, get on with it. I want to challenge us this morning, at the start of this year, can we not be people that say, please send someone else? Instead, can we echo the words of Isaiah, who, when he heard the voice of God saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? He said, here am I, send me. And I want you to know that despite your flaws and failures and mine as well, that God still wants to use you this year. And if we allow him to, he will. We've heard testimony of that this morning. The Apostle Paul once wrote to Timothy, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. If we're ever unsure as to why God might want to use us for his purposes, it's because of Jesus. It's because he has cleansed us, he has freed us from sin, and he's left us free to serve God as faithful servants. So four many lessons. We need to move out of our comfort zone. We need to trust that God is with us. We need to ask what's in our hand. And we need to expect God to teach us as we go. 2 Corinthians 3, 4 says, Such confidence we have through Christ Jesus before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves or claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He's with us every step of the way. He will equip us, teach us in the things that we need to know as we step out in faith to serve him in this coming year. Let's get excited about what God's going to do. Let's get excited about how God is going to use us, use you in this church, in this place, in this town, in this time, in this coming year. Because he's got so much for us to do. Let's pray.